0: It's panic time. No, it isn't. Yes, it is. Canute, welcome. Thank you. Welcome to you. Thanks for putting this together. This is episode three we're going to do today of Panic with Friends. We're just dialing uh, people that I panic with or like to talk to while I'm nervous about uh, the future or about uh, my account values which we all look at and stress over, especially when we see red, blood red for days on end. Exactly. Uh, we're all human beings. So I thought this would be a good idea that while we're in the midst of a mini panic uh, that could extend, that we would uh, chat with friends. Um, we've talked with Jim O'Shaughnessy and he is uh, has one look at it, um, manages a lot of money and does it all quantitatively but uh, obviously as a human being. And then uh, Ch- Charlie Bellello, who uh, looks at the world through his lens of data and probabilities. And now we're going to more of a touchy-feely artistic uh, person and friend, uh, Brian Norgards. Let's see if he picks up in LA. All right, I'll give him a call. Come on, Brian. Are wait. So uh, you are here with Knut, don't think I don't know if you met Knut, another LP of ours, Knut Jensen at uh, at the conference. He was the tall Norwegian one. Do you remember him? Hey, Brian.
1: Um, I, I how you doing? Um, I, vaguely, but you don't know, worry, don't worry. He was
0: saying Norgard is 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 a, a Norwegian name. It sounds very it Norwegian.
1: Is. It is. It's Norwegian.
0: He it would just like to you know that his Norwegian name Jensen is actually uh-huh. on. Only- the list that gets oil money every year delivered by a butler <laughs> in, in yeah. gold bricks. Do they bring it in gold bricks to your house? Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's in crypto now. It's a lot easier to carry. <laughs> so Unfortunately, how, I was,
1: I was, I was part of the roach uh, DNA crowd of uh, Norway.
0: He's in his car. <laughs> right? Nice. So wait a minute. So None. who was, how, where's the Norwegian uh, royalty blood flow from your family, Brian? Uh, yeah,
1: I think my grand uh. My
0: grandmother's father was, was, uh, Norwegian. Oh, well, there you go. All right. Do you yeah. speak any Norwegian? Kuk? No. no er I... idiot. I, they used to teach me how to swear in Norwegian. Thankfully how Howard swear.
1: doesn't remember most
0: of it, but I'll teach you a few phrases <laughs> after the show is over. Canadian and I went <laughs> to, did our MBA together at Arizona state, the Harvard of the West, uh, the hottest <laughs> Harvard on the world.
1: Uh, stolen from SMU. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, is everybody say that now?
1: SMU is themselves for a couple decades of the harbor of the uh, West.
0: Alright, well we are the Devry of the West then. <laughs> the, <DeVry. ASU. laughs> the uh so so uh, thanks for uh, calling and people don't uh, for people that don't know, uh, I'm just gonna say Brian's a good friend of mine and we talk about Brian's not in the markets, although he is in the markets as an investor. He's not involved at all in the markets, other than I think a fan of the markets and human behavior from his background yes. at uh, as a founder and investor. Um, so, so Brian's in my circle of friends. I would say, Canute, that uh, I talk to more than anyone uh, uh, about weird shit like the markets and products and where the future is going. And then he has his weird group of friends that we're going to talk about today where his panic group that he goes to uh, when his uh, spindly uh, nerves start tingling about uh, you know, things that bother him. So we're going to talk about that today, Brian. So, so with that, tell people a little bit about uh, Brian Norgard.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, well, thank you for having me. Um, I live in Los Angeles. I'm an investor and an entrepreneur I do uh, most of my investing in the private market, seed stage, uh, focusing on um, interesting businesses, future technologies. My uh, focus of late is mostly around consumer behavior, consumer psychology, and I'm also a founder. So I have started a lot of companies. I was uh, chief product officer at Tinder for a very long time where we did pretty well. And uh, Eh. Eh. yeah, Eh. (laughs) (laughs) yeah. We it's like Seinfeld. Okay. It's like uh, Larry
0: David. Eh. We, uh, so I Tindler, like have a
1: couple laughs with Howie. Yeah, um, we've,
0: we've had a lot of laughs. You, uh, a lot of
1: laughs with you guys and, uh, really interested in kind of just diving in. All
0: right. So, um, you've got a lot of knowledge around startups, around, um, uh, winning, losing panics, joy, uh, growth, failure, uh, and now you invest a lot on your own because now you have your own little nest egg, your own little. Uh... Can you hear me now, Howard? Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay. So yeah. uh, you've introduced yourself. I've I've given us uh, everybody some background, and uh, what I wanted to talk about today is is the thesis that you thought it was a good idea too, is about panic. You know, we all have our groups we go to, we all have our way of dealing with opening up our accounts and seeing them down 10, 20, 30%. Uh, You've seen it happen on all sides of the table, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, as an investor, and now as, you know, managing your own money and dealing with financial advisors. So let's talk... Uh, that's what i kind of wanted to focus on today is you know the stuff that we talk about when we're both have spider tingly senses saying hey something's about to go wrong versus oh my god something we're in the middle of something being wrong and then like oh i'm excited about the there's an end to this and the other side of this is going to be fantabulous so um the first thing i would say is do you do you how do you think about it like uh You know, are you consider yourself an optimist or or how do you look at the world, Brian?
1: Yeah, so I'm certainly an optimist. I think I have to be as an entrepreneur. Um, And I've never met a, a, you know, a great early stage investor that didn't have some of this DNA in them. Um, You know, one of the things I like to do is I like to be prepared. And I think of the these sort of um, big. Dislocations happened in in three phases. There's the pre-narrative, the narrative, and then the post-narrative. Mm-hmm. And I'm always asking myself this question: of where am I? Are we are we are we really early? Are we overreacting? Uh, like, has the news hit? I think you said something really interesting, a few days to me a few a few days ago, Howard to me, which you said, you know, the price moves faster sometimes than the actual psychology. Right. And I'm always trying to calibrate where we are in the story arc, and actually. You know, this probably sounds crazy, but it's almost out of body where I try to remove myself, remove myself from thinking about all of my emotions. And I ask myself, "Okay, um, take all of this dopamine and all of this serotonin, all this stuff that's flowing through me, um, cortisol, oftentimes take it, take it out of the equation and just ask myself the fundamental question of where are we and what am I even talking about? Mm-hmm. What 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 are the variables at play here? I don't like to try to manage too many variables at once. We started talking about Corona, you and I, um, or COVID, um, months ago. You know, months ago, we said, you know, how big is this? It's supply chain, but what else could this creep into? Startup funding? Could this creep into transportation? We we're asking questions in front. Mm-hmm. So when things started to go wild, I wouldn't say you and I were uh, comfortable. Mm-hmm. but I wouldn't use the word shocked either. Mm-hmm. And I think being shocked, I went through Lehman, had sold a company as a young entrepreneur. And, and you know, basically I was, I was a client of Lehman. It had almost gotten, you know, wiped out in one day. And I can remember that feeling. And it was like a baseball bat. hit. Meaning me. that couldn't...
0: you had sold your company and you had your money there and you were like, didn't know what that yeah,
1: meant. Yeah. I was in, I was in hedge funds with like incredible lockup provisions. And I mm-hmm. was in illiquid liquid assets that, I didn't really fun, fully understand with high fees. And I saw pie charts for a long time that made me feel good. And then market fell out mm-hmm. and there wasn't, there wasn't much to do. You mm-hmm. know, there's, there's that feeling of being completely powerless. Mm. It's one of the worst feelings in the world. And I said to myself, uh, I don't want to put myself in this position again. And so I think one of the things, and that was in OA that, so you had some early
0: success because you're yeah. only, how old are you?
1: 30, what? Late thirties. So you had some early yeah.
0: success and you just didn't know the financial market. I think you were interested in them. I mean, I didn't know you, but you were interested in them. So, that, so that's great. So you have money in Lehman and, and you're right. you were looking at the pie charts and you just didn't understand really the under what the mechanics yeah. of everything.
1: Yeah. I, I think I understood what I wanted to understand, which is really, you know, sort of like a state of denial, mm-hmm. which is, I, I looked at the, um, you know, I looked at the performance and it was, when it was 8, 7, 13, 21, I felt fantastic no matter what fund I was in. But when I um, started to realize the implications of not being a get out, not really understanding exactly what was happening, and that was really scary. And So I think uh, preparing yourself mentally, trying to understand where you are in this narrative, is it pre-narrative, narrative, post-narrative? Mm-hmm. And then I think you've got to have at some point some conviction along each of these verticals. And you say to yourself, what am I going to do? If I feel conviction around, I think I understand the story. I think I know what's going on. I think I'm early. What are the moves I can make? Mm-hmm. And one of the things about where I am today with this situation is, I've done some, um, some buying and some nibbling because of you know a lot of this is is your tutelage, but it's also taking some of the fear off of the table. Hmm. So now, if I want to make another trade, now if I want to think about you know a long-term hold and let's just pick a a, a random equity, Amazon, mm-hmm. I think about drawing a line. You know, to 10 years into the future into 2030, mm-hmm. it, it changes my entire perspective. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think part of your skill uh, is that you and I think it's, I have the same ability and all the people that are on this thread uh, with panic with friends are, are kind of loosely connected. Is we have the ability to both write things down, to call on our friends and mentors for advice, to be open, like, hey, we're fucking, I'm nervous, I got spider tingly senses. Uh, We don't really need to know our allocations, it's very personal stuff, but uh, we know enough to ask for help and say, fuck, like, I don't understand what's going on. And, uh, like I'm a little bit nervous, uh, but at the same time, nervous is good. You can't block out all the panic. We were talking to Jim O'Shaughnessy earlier, Brian, he was like, you can't, you can, the panic is, you know, just that's, that's there. You can't, you, you can't, you know, and for those that don't feel panic, uh, you know, it's probably a disadvantage at some level, but, uh, how do you function within the panic? And for you, it's, I think you go to a group of people, you have your own go-to group. It sounds like.
1: I mm-hmm. certainly do. I have some really smart people. Some of them actually don't even cross over. Some fund managers, some technologists, some VCs. Um, you know, I, I talk to people that are actually in, in industry working. What are they seeing? Um, you know, It seems like everyone's a supply, a supply chain expert these days, but there actually are supply chain experts. And yeah. they, you know, I know a few of them, and they said, hey, like, here's the problem. <laughs> yeah. um, if you want to put this part in this thing, um, it's not going to happen right now. Yeah. Um so you know here's the implications of that but i think the other thing about the panic um it comes into uh you know an area of, that i spend a lot of time thinking about which is user psychology customer psychology and we all know that when you are filled with tons of emotions it is really hard to make good decisions and if you you know you think about um flow state michael jordan all these things that you read about you see these these people who actually go into a position or a state of mind where they where time stops. Mm-hmm. They really are able to calm themselves down, prepare themselves for these these crazy spikes in all these you know like we said cortisol, serotonin, all these things. They they prepare themselves ahead of time, so when they are in the middle of the action, it is not a surprise to them. And they can basically, you know, pull away from all of the stuff. And, you know, like I used to consume, you know, business media and all that. You know, I sure I might have CBC in the background to kind of like just sort of see what's going on. But I don't really I don't care what you know Jim Cramer has to say. I don't care what Larry Kudlow has to say because I prepared myself that I have my own value system. I have the people I trust and I'm going to use that as my backbone, not some, you know, random person with an incentive completely. Me had that has no alignment with my own life.
0: So, but why even have it on in the background? I mean, I know it's it always. I think
1: it's part. It's a variable. It is a variable. It's going to tell you something about how people are thinking about this, and hopefully the people are, um, you know, not getting taken advantage of. But it's going to tell you something about, uh, I think, the broader picture. And when you start to see certain signals, you know, the dogmatic uh, ideologies coming out, and the people making these like grandiose statements about the future and this is where we are. That's when you really know, okay, I mean, these are my signals. Mm -hmm. These are my kind of triggers where I start to pull back even further. Oh, wait, no one knows where the bottom is. Oh, wait, all of this information coming in in real time is different now. It used Mm -hmm. to flow through the AP or the New York Times. Now it's on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Now there's other, there's, there's signals that I need to follow that weren't available in 2008. So I just keep crafting this kind of ever evolving narrative in my own head. So eventually when I need to make a decision, I make a decision. Mm -hmm. But I will say some of this, some of this is very hard. I mean, you have to have one of those iron stomachs. Mm -hmm. You know, there are those points where you say, wait a second, I'm about to make a trade or I'm about to make a decision to invest in a company, a startup. Everything could change. Am I okay? But you know, at at some point um, you've got to have, Um, some pretty unreal conviction, too. It's not all just no mind.
0: Yeah, it can't be all no mind. So that's the excitement of, I think, doing what you do and I do is, you know, the markets, you can kind of make mindless. Like, you can draw lines and you can say, okay, this is how other people are going to feel, and, and here's the economic data, and this storm should pass here, and, you know, the data says that this is the the fastest the markets move here and this is where volatility is So you can kind of make it mindless with startups mm-hmm. it's not about the market it's about the person on the other side of the table and it's about you so you're right there's a different type of panic it's not market related it's like i'm mm-hmm. writing a check and the guy could take that check or the woman could take that check and just redirect it and the business we'd never even start like there's a giant leap That's of right. faith just in writing a check to a, an investor so but uh, as
1: but as you know too and when we have these um, you know, really long upswings in the market, you start to get a class of entrepreneur, also an investor that is not a professional. They are not yeah. serious. We, we've and been talking about
0: this for a couple of years now. Right. It's they,
1: silly. They, it got silly. And it, 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 I mean, it probably, it still is silly, but, yeah. um, you know, these are people who, um, instead of getting, you know, an MBA, or instead of going to an investment bank or, you know, Bain or McKinsey or whatever, have decided that they are going to do a startup, and you know I'm not. Uh, you know it's it's not up to me whether someone should do a startup or not, but uh, I like to immediately suss out how much uh, someone really cares. You know it's it's important to me to know that this was a hobby, a nights and weekends thing, a passion, something, a piece of science that they've studied for many many years. I'm not a big fan of you know, here's a business plan that I rolled out, uh, working, you know, this last weekend with a couple of friends. Yeah. And I think immediately that you can smell that sort of behavior, uh, being eliminated from the marketplace.
0: Yeah. And for, for founders right now. So, you know, we've been talking about market panic mm-hmm. the first two episodes and you're, sure. you're more an investor in, in, in the private markets than a founder yourself. Mm-hmm. How, uh, do you remember the the first time you were running a company or starting a company? The first time you were panicked and and what that felt like and what uh, you did?
1: Sure, there was um, a famous uh, blog post uh, from Sequoia, Ripped Good Times." The, oh, the rest I think Peace, v- "Good Times in way. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, that was the, uh, the V1, right? Okay. I think we've uh, they've released a new version of yeah. that um, firmware.
0: 140 um, character version. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, and so I, I, I certainly remember that and what were you
0: doing at the time were you did you have a uh, i startup? had another
1: i yeah i had another startup very early one which and, was that one know, i think i remember so this was called chill um, yeah chill was, was a, like
0: the ch- t- chatting like a, it was like a yeah. water falling very yeah real time <laughs> yes
1: yes so so i got I, I, I can tell you precisely what that did that was a period where there wasn't as a, there wasn't the same access to capital for sure it was still very very tight there was Probably less than three to five firms that were doing traditional angel Was investing. This an in a, Was this in 08? Was
0: this in way Yeah, this is in yeah, no, 08. This I remember. Is still yeah. when,
1: you know, you know, Ron Conway and First Round yeah. and Mike Maples. I mean, you could name the angel investors. The on
0: Clavier, yeah.
1: Jeff Clavier, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and all great people, all yeah. in it uh, because they loved it. Yeah. Um, it wasn't even an asset class at that point. Nope. Um, there's still some debate if there is, it, it is one now. Right. Uh, but I can remember very quickly saying, Oh gosh, like, I got no one we to go could, to. Yeah. We could completely go out of business here. Yeah. And we, you know, what do we do? And, um, this is the era. Because also, you didn't have
0: product market fit or because, because you didn't well, have this money. This is why or, we're
1: building. This is right. you know why we're building a product. And, um, this is also an era before software companies were getting really fat. Yeah. Most software companies were very lean. Yeah, um, I remember Eric Le- was
0: like four people. Like, it, I remember yeah, seeing exactly.
1: Shows. Yeah, it, Eric Reese had written his uh, seminal kind of blog post on lead startup, um, so everyone was lean. Um, so it wasn't necessarily you know this massive hedge, head headcount issue or hemorrhaging cash issue. It was just this very like this this unbelievable sort of freeze and shock in the market of like, oh, no, where do we go now? Yeah. Now, the interesting thing about 08 yeah. is that premonition. Um, no,
0: I remember I was not, I was I, for us. It was two MoGo and buddy media. We were both so, right. like we, I love both companies, but like 08 comes along and both were in a pivot and both were trying to raise an A round. And I was a, like I was a 25K and done type investor. And I was like, well, I was just cold calling for them trying to get raise some money. So you were in one of those companies too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think, okay. um, I think you looking back on it, um, that wasn't truly, um, as a destructive time as it could have been. Um, you know, it led to the inception of some of the greatest startups in the history of the technology business, you know, uh, you know, Uber, a couple years, yeah, Uber the Ubers, the Airbnb. Lyfts, Airbnb, Tinder. Yeah. I mean, you just name it. There was pretty much everyone showed up to the party around then. That was also two years into the iPhone. You know, mm-hmm. the iPhone had time to breathe. Uh, people were starting to understand the user experience, how to think about, you know, manipulating all these different touch points on the screen, which were, yeah. you know, the accelerometer and all that good stuff. So I think what it led to is an incredible innovation cycle, but... You know, this one feels um, remarkably different. You know, a lot of times people say that that you know the, these things rhyme. Oh. I don't feel I don't feel like these two are connected events whatsoever. And the reason why is there's so much access to capital right now, mm-hmm. cheap capital. Mm-hmm. Second is the world is truly connected for the first time. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I don't believe that that was the case in 08. And I think the third thing is. Um, There's just so many industries impacted by this, you know, this revolution in IT, whether it be software or hardware, and it's just, it's everywhere, you know, and it's not just a, you know, a fun game or a Facebook marketing page or some video app. It's everything. And so I think uh, what I'm starting to see is people reevaluate how they think about, Raising capital, reevaluating burn and headcount. And I think there are particular industries that are, people are just sort of kind of thinking about things uh, from the basically, where are we from the ground up? Now, not all industries, but anyone that has a uh, reliance or dependency on China and supply chains. I mean, there's going to be some spectacular things going on there that we can't see today because it's just too early. Hmm.
0: And so you're super bullish, I guess, just like me on what's on the other side of this.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah.
0: And so to get through this, you talk to people, uh, cause you know, you're, you, you've got a lot of, uh, you keep a lot on the sidelines like me, <laughs> but you always want to dabble and you want to see you probe and you want to see, is this the right time yeah. to keep, you know, to push things? Um, how, so, so right now you said you took a couple shots today on goal, uh, you mm-hmm. put a couple ideas out but do, where do you think we are in the panic cycle here
1: well it's a great question uh, if i had a higher conviction i would be um, betting more aggressively here's what i think um, well I meaning think that, meaning you're not yeah, sure I you're think not I, sure yeah, so i'm not totally sure but this is this is what 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 scares me mm-hmm. um, cuz i'm interested in you know moderate growth preservation of capital and to still, you know, be able to build and invest in businesses because that's generally where um, I generate my own wealth. Yeah. Yes, and my and my happiness. Yeah. So what what scares me about right now is a um, the U.S. policy has been um, very, very, very hands off. Mm-hmm. It appears, I um, mean, in comparison to some of these other countries. Second is um, I hang out with a bunch of people who think a lot about. Uh, network effects a lot about viral spread because many of these people have been in these industries for 10 years And though they're not doctors and some of them aren't even scientists. They have actually seen it, you know, this amazing Geometric growth happened in front of their face right. people like um, Bology, people like Naval, mm-hmm. um, and all of them are really really worried about that you know that tail risk mm-hmm. and um, when you have a collection of friends that's really smart that's actually seen something in a different domain and then is telling you, hey, it could happen here. Mm-hmm. That's not a conspiracy. That's not being crazy. That's, I think, being rational, being thoughtful and trying to figure out what it all means. And so the cool. Well, the, they're also the,
0: trying not to blow up. They're trying to like so they're trying to be a little conservative, too, by saying, fuck, like now that we've seen this with our own eyes, maybe it, it applies to what we're doing.
1: That's right. And then there's there, you know, I think there's seems like everyone has a take now on this stuff. And so, you know, my my sense is when everyone has an opinion about something, that's generally when I start to like want to I I get disinterested. Mm -hmm. But this one is so important. And I think that my uh, most keen observation about where we are right now is that uh, the data and the historical uh, reference points that some of my contemporaries are, are using. Suggest that this could possibly get a lot worse, a lot worse. And we think about the impact, especially sort of the downstream impact and what that means. First, obviously, loss of human life. Um, nothing could be more tragic. But then beyond that, it's not just supply chain. It's hospitality. It's transportation. It's all these mom and pop businesses that are just basically running on fumes Mm -hmm. you know they it's month month to month month. and Mm -hmm. everyone who has some perspective about how these companies operate knows that it is so fragile Mm -hmm. and so you think about what happens if some of the math that some of these individuals are discussing publicly comes to fruition we're talking about potentially you know a quarter to three quarters of ridiculous dislocation Mm -hmm. and the other thing that I think about a lot is how to how to sort of take a worldview that is truly global because obviously we're so connected and there's going to be a lot of places, not just the U.S., that um, could be impacted in a similar fashion. Now, we know that, you know, South Korea and China and a few of these um countries have, have, apparently slown some, or some of the, some of the, the, the virus. They, of yeah. Yeah. They, well, we, we believe so. Um, yeah. who, it's hard, hard to know. No, no one knows factually, but we know enough to, to feel like, um, it seems like they, they're in the right direction. So that is, um, that's obviously positive, but there's also Italy. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I I tend to try to focus on my, you know, my goals um, personally, and and one of like I said, one of them is capital preservation, and the other one is just sort of to keep doing and investing the businesses that I do. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm looking at this very, um, very soberly, and I'm looking at this with extreme caution. And so, when you know someone says, "Oh, the Dow or whatever, the markets up, uh, you know, thousand points today," mm-hmm. um. It doesn't mean much to me, right? right? And, and I think that 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 comes in this sort of pre-narrative, narrative, post-narrative. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure we're in the narrative yet. I don't know if we're in the middle. Mm-hmm. I'm not confident, and therefore I'm adjusting my risk accordingly.
0: Yeah, so you're you're still a lot risk off.
1: Yeah, uh, I mean yeah. you're risk on uh, because
0: you have so much leverage to startups. But in terms of whatever extra dry powder to put on, you're just being careful.
1: Yeah. And, but you also have helped me, Howard, a few times we've, we've discussed kind of some moves and, and I have made some, um, specifically last Monday. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you said to me is I think is somewhat comforting, which is like draw your state, you know, your straight line, um, to 10 years in the future. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the price that you need to be comfortable with, not the price that we are at today. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not going to fall for, you know, um, you know, the, 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 the rookie, uh, you know, Goldman Sachs tricks of just, just don't worry, just hold forever. We got you. Right. Yeah. But having someone like you say, pick a stock with conviction, pick an allocation with conviction, and then think about your time horizon. And therein lies your, you know, your, you know, sort of, that is your formula for how much risk you take yeah. right now. I'm just like, listen, I love, you know, I've always loved Apple, huge believer of it. Mm -hmm. I want to own Apple in 10 years. Mm -hmm. They'll be at Glasses. They'll, you know, they'll have probably deprecated all of these things that we have in our hand called phones today. And they're going to be an entirely new form factor. They'll probably have a car company, if not own Tesla or some version of that. I am not worried. Mm -hmm. So uh, thinking about things I like, thinking about 10 years in the future and closing my eyes. That's about all you can do. Yeah, I
0: agree. And then, what about uh, you know founders that you're helping now? Mm-hmm. How do we how do we talk to them uh, about the panic, like that people aren't going to be picking up the phone? Term sheets could yep. get, get pulled. Uh, the rules change quickly.
1: R- the rules change in an instant. Um, you know, I'm I'm not sure how much Howard you've you've read about mimetic theory, Mm-mm, but zero. it's okay. Mimetic theory is. Essentially, the idea that we all are sort of slaves to wanting the same things, hearing the same things, being impacted the same things at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so subconsciously, we, it's a sort of way we're all connected on this both emotional and intellectual oh, and it. financial yeah. level. Mm-hmm. And so when you think about – price and you think about markets and you think about what just happened and when someone says something someone someone said something completely idiotic to me the other day oh this isn't gonna have any impact on startups you know venture investors think in you know 10 15 Ooh, year I horizons and, yeah, I, and I just crazy. said like are you okay i just i walked him back and i said are markets comprised of people yes true are people venture capitalists true or false true Then this shall impact price. And so everything changes because people become fearful whether they are doing it consciously or subconsciously. Mm -hmm. Second, those. Deltas; those changes impact short-term decision making because, again, you know you're not sleeping well. You you have a ton of cortisol flowing through your 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 bloodstream. Um, You know your friends are panicking. Maybe you know maybe you stretch too far on a mortgage, and and uh, your family are worried about that. All of these things are real-world problems. They Mm -hmm. all manifest right now, Mm -hmm. and the startup market has materially changed. Whether anyone wants to agree or disagree, it has, Mm -hmm. and I think the impact is a these ridiculously sky high valuations for companies that had you know pre product very little traction, um, really sort of unclear pedigree of the founder now I don't think I love oddball deals I don't think every founder needs to go to you know Harvard or MIT, but I want to see something that tells me a unique story about why that founder is pursuing that particular company or vertical yeah. and I think all of those things matter way more now yeah. and the long-term impact, or excuse me, the the um, the, the, the impact is um, price sensitivity. I think there's going to be a lot more due diligence on rounds, mm-hmm. and I think the third piece, and this is the one that is um, kind of the most interesting. I think the third piece is, and, and you and I have talked about this a lot. The world just changed. Yeah. Period. It's it just changed. There's so many things that you look at right now, and you say to yourself, like. I've been talking about work from home for two years because it was obvious to me, and we were actually doing it. Yeah. But, but now all of a sudden today it's like uh, what, it, it's like a, 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 it's like a, a badge of courage. Everybody's doing it, yeah. right? Yeah. And we'll look at that in three years and go, "Oh, work from home. That's been normalized forever. What are you talking about? Wait, People used to be forced to go to an office yeah. every day. Yeah That's weird. Yeah. These trends accelerate fast: online education, food delivery, AI. All these yeah, we didn't even
0: know why they were important. Now, we're they fucking table stakes? Table stakes, and yeah. so they went from like w- hobby. Like, why? Why did my kid want to do that? To oh, not. He might not have been doing it for the, those reasons, but now I get. You know, we we be doing the world a favor by not going to the restaurant because we don't want to spread our germs.
1: Exactly, and so in these big changes, offer I think tons and tons of opportunities for people to find mispriced assets um, interesting founders that may have been overlooked. Mm-hmm. And also let's, you know, let's, let's be pretty clear about the other side of this. Cause there's always, you know, two truths, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the other side is there's going to be a bunch of stuff that people are like, I don't really know if I want that anymore yeah. or wow, that's a category that is not interesting to me anymore, mm-hmm. you know? And mm-hmm. that stuff happens fast. And I think the good investors, um, the good investors were here before, mm-hmm. you know, uh, well before the panic, because they, you know, the, the world was 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 architecting them medically in a new direction. It just happened very quickly yeah. and the inputs became really clear. But I think I'm also I'm not in a business and never have been of predicting certainties. I don't like certainties, in fact. I like when things are floating around. Mm-hmm. And I think that a market like this really forces you to say, what am I prepared to really double down on, mm-hmm. right? Because like this idea of you and I both know, when things are frothy, everyone's a generalist. Everyone has a uh, has a has an opinion on all sorts of verticals that they don't find interesting, mm-hmm. just because style and drift. I, yeah, I, we I all drift. At, I looked at a couple deals three or four weeks ago that I had. I should have never been looking at. Mm-hmm. But, you know, someone said "Some this was really interesting, Get a great founder, you know, so-and-so um, affiliated with someone, someone I really respect. Yeah, sure, I'll look at it today. No way. Yeah. You know, i got to focus on what I'm good at.
0: Yeah. I was telling people the other day, I thought space, I don't care how well it's organized and I have friends involved and, and I'm rooting for them, but I'm like, the first sign of a recession – you know, And maybe they could spin a story saying because of the virus, space is important. But it's the first sign of recession space will be the last thing people start thinking about. Uh, you know what I mean? It, it, wow, and, yeah. And, and, and we're seeing that. Like, this, this space stock has gone from, I don't know, 40 to, like, 17, uh, even after the rally today. So I'm saying, like, there's fringe stuff that is cool that will quickly become uncool while people realize that the stuff that was almost dead, which is food delivery, now actually might have a better reason for existing and all the fun I've been making of late of DoorDash, GrubHub, etc., may be like, wait a mm-hmm. minute, uh, they work. Maybe they're not great, but maybe I should be paying uh, for six months and not going to restaurants to support the restaurant industry and in the in the you know what I mean. That's a lot right. more important than fucking right. Virgin Galactic at this point in time. So, so it's right. affecting a lot of people. Like we can we can say, oh man, bad luck. No, everybody's getting <laughs> fucked over somehow. Uh, when the world changes and the world changed with co- a coronavirus and we can blame social media or we could blame you know anybody but yeah. the fact is that it's now a thing and yes yeah, certain things will now go in a faster direction um, uh, and yeah you brought up some interesting ones um, robotics will probably uh, accelerate I think, um, you know, uh, work from home, we always knew that was a thing. Like we always liked Google Hangouts and zoom, Uh but now it's like, Hey, it's acceptable. Like, dude, I know you didn't want to come to Chicago and we'll, we'll learn how to use zoom and and we'll, we'll make zooms better. Like, yeah, well, well, you you know know what I mean? We'll learn. I I
1: agree. Yeah, I agree. Like, well, it'll become culturally acceptable. But I think some of these things, uh, because there they are areas that I focus in and, 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 and invest and build um, some of these things are really fascinating because um, what you have is it it's not a classic network effect, but when there's a psychological perception that something has become normalized, then all of a sudden it's like an avalanche and yeah. I was explaining to someone about work from home the other day, and you know it's there's tons and endless takes about you know setups and video calls and all this stuff, and I said. Eh that's not really the interesting thing the interesting thing is that inside large organizations small organizations medium-sized organizations very few people wanted to stick their neck out and say like let's work from home it was considered a Anti,
0: it was considered a negative yeah. a,
1: a negative signal it was a, it was like wait someone wants to, right mm-hmm. someone wants to slack off or not do work or not participate in the company culture and and it you know if you look at where the orgs that started these trends they really were incepted as work at work from you know remote work works mm-hmm. and it wasn't like they sort of you know became these hybridized models mm-hmm. they were work from home first mm-hmm. and so what happened in the last three weeks is now the manager who is still trying to climb the you know the ladder within the company still trying um you know he has has ambitions to do bigger things in the org it's okay for him to go to hr and say like i want to do this or you know a marketing leader she can go to her president or whomever the ceos and say i want to i want to do this this way and once you start that chain of events it, it just becomes totally normalized mm-hmm. so it, it you know it's both cultural technological psychological and biological and it all smashes together and then what you have is this thing where imagine 2030 people are like, wait a second you like you went to the office every day for like three years or like, what was wrong with the company? Did something happen there? Yeah, (laughs) no,
0: exactly. And, and, and it's a combination even of the me too movement and all the other stuff and getting drunk at the office. It's like none of this stuff we, we can avoid all this nonsense and get to more productive things. So, so that's one, I think, you know, we we could, you and I can talk forever, but for, on this episode of panic, we're, we're saying that, um, you know, things have changed. You know, panic or no panic, you can call this whatever it is. Correction, it may not be anything, but uh, I feel it's a panic based on what I've been hearing from my smart friends and what by the tone of calls and the and the well the price action. Um, yeah. But at the same time, on that you have to give yourself enough room, like you said, to uh, you know kind of calm, slow, slow yourself down, and and kind of remember that everybody's going through this mnemonically or individually, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and that, you know, that's, you've got to, you've got to, you know, have some empathy and understand, you know, the world has changed. The world's never been about you. And now they're really going to learn that the world's not just about you. Um, So you've got to get your story right. You've got to uh, do what it takes to survive. If you really believe in your business, uh, Mm -hmm. you can't complain about it. You've got to cut your burn and you've got to, panic first you've got to panic for yourself and take care of your company and your team and do what it takes to kind of get over the goal line because people aren't going to respond as quickly right now everybody's dealing with their own problems
1: right and i think also so many of these problems are interdependent and linked that um you know perhaps one of my problems becomes one of your problems whether you're you know your company's on taking on excessive amounts of debt you know whether your cac is super high and You've got you know, um, these, these costs through the roof, whether your headcount is, 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 is exorbitant because you took a ton of VC money and you wanted to make sure that you know, each quarter you could show that smooth graph of headcount mm-hmm. over time, mm-hmm. right? Because that's what you're supposed to do. You took a big Series B and you, know, you, should, you should be up to 75 people this quarter. I, everything has to be reevaluated. Um, and, you know, I think intuitively, uh, some of the best entrepreneurs know exactly what to go after in these moments, mm-hmm. but you know, they don't do it until some, something like this happens, Yeah, you know, they're forced to do it. Um, and you know, let's hope that people aren't caught so off guard. Yeah.
0: that I think there's <laughs> been some, some warning. I think. Uh, you know we use our networks well. Uh, people need to use their networks well. And uh, and then what are you currently working on? Are you allowed to share it or no?
1: Yeah, no. I'm still kind of uh, uh, tinkering in the garage with a small team. Okay. But um, I think the the broader thing right now is for anything that I want to do is going to require a decade long horizon. So um, this stuff though, uh, I think. You know, it, it, it's scary in a lot of regards, but it it doesn't impact me quite as much as a very early stage entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, now, uh, you know, obviously, I haven't raised tons of venture capital. So, you know, there could be risks there. But uh, headcount low, vision narrow, uh, timeline long.
0: Yeah. And and uh, network strong.
1: Network strong. If you take my call. <laughs> yeah. Like.
0: So, uh, well, thanks for sharing. I think we've like, uh, covered a lot of ground, at least on this subject and, uh, appreciate it, but have a great rest of the day. Thank you, Howard. Okay. See See you. All right. Number three episode of panic with friends in the bag. We've got uh, probably about 10 episodes and then we'll, by then the market will be back at all time highs. Uh, so, uh, I'm excited about episode four. Um, the panic, is internalized so differently by everybody. So uh, I'm enjoying doing this. All right, buddy. Thank you.